Hello, everybody. I know you do that now. Hey. Uh, you, it's your fault. You started it. Uh, I'm Sarah Black. I'm Theo Black. And uh, we are, this is the first week in December, and we are doing 2020 catch up on movies that were released on streaming that we didn't see because it's kind of weird. It's kind of, I'm not as good at following movies when they're not in theaters, I guess. Yeah, it's... Uh... I don't know. Um, Things are different. So, yeah, we've been yeah. catching up. We did catch a few. Yeah. Like we watched White, White, White Day. Day. Which is still one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of... Com- I mean, it depends on what release this year. There's not a ton of competition, but it is a genuinely good movie. Yes. Um, and hey, this this month, we're going to find out a little bit. And maybe we'll... I, I yeah. kind of feel like I have two thoughts. One, we're we're already doing this. this. is actually the second week in December for people who are listening, and we're going to start. It's right. probably next month for January. I'm going to have us start doing it on the actual. Right now, we're going to be. A, we'll be ahead a week, but everybody else will be in the month. Yeah. Um, and the other thought is, I, I kind of want to make sure we're watching new movies still. Not that we always need to talk about them, but I I, I miss my new movies, you know. Yeah, I uh, watched that tragic French rom com that's all about how you need to connect with people in order to to grow and find love. Uh, you didn't watch it. I forget what it's called. I could find it if you want, but it just was like so ill timed. It's like, yeah, you're right. You really need to get away from your computer and connect to people. You, you certainly do. Yeah, yes, you really do. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, we, we've been watching so many movies, and of course, in all these movies, occasionally while we're watching it, we'll be like, I remember the days when we could all sit in a restaurant together, and you know, yeah, I know, I'm pretty sure some places they're probably doing that, even against, I mean, we're in California, and cases are like skyrocketing here, and yeah, in the US as a whole of, of COVID, so it's like, I don't know, anyways. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the first movie we watched uh, was your pick. Do you, but you have no idea what happened. So do you want me to summarize this? Yes, probably you should. I want to do it, but it's just going to come out as gibberish. So you do it. <laughs> okay. So we watched um, The Wolf House, La Casa Lobo, which is from um, Chile, I believe. It's Chile, but it's like, got a, it's it's from Chile, but there's also a lot of German stuff going on. Right. So apparently... Um, at one point in time, there was like a community, a German community in Chile. I know that around World War II time or right after World War II time, probably my history on this is very fuzzy, but there are a lot of, uh, ger- some Germans fled to South America, uh, great people. Um, and now, nothing wrong with the Germans. The ones that were fleeing to South America were often Nazis. So that's what I'm saying. Yes, there was two major <laughs> Germans groups. are loved just like every <laughs> yes no i that was that was an amusing foot and mouth moment uh the, there were two large groups who came it was the nazis and it was people who were afraid of more nuclear war right. and for some reason south america was on a lot of people's list this is a thing in japanese cinema that i've discovered as well don't understand it anyways keep going also J- jewish people emigrated that, as yes, well true too so um this is a kind of it's a fake propaganda film about um the german colonies um benevolence um but it's also basically about a young woman growing up in this enclosed community um and being under the control of a father figure and her attempts to kind of i don't know have a family and a community and freedom and so on 
and that's it. It's okay. So it's animated. Oh, spoilers! We're I mean, this we're gonna is spoil kind of... everything. This is not a traditionally narrative film, and so you're not knowing what happened is fine. Honestly, it's fine. Yeah. But there are these um, all in German. This kind of warm male voice that will come in and talk to the main character, who is Maria, about like things and you know that's obviously the and it's based on something real that i don't know anything about so i can't um i just very briefly read and it sounds not great i mean it sounds like a cult a lot of it made me think of a cult um and so maria is kind of our main character we're following and she seems to adopt these pigs that she then anthropomorphizes and the film itself anthropomorphizes. It's all animated. Um, and we should say specifically, there's it's multi mixed media animation, mm -hmm. and it's mixed media between. There's a, a set. I mean, there's a few. There's like a beginning and ending that aren't mixed media. There's and there's some like footage, like some fake mm -hmm. footage, I guess. But uh, there's it's a house that is being that has furniture in it, and so there's that, except that it's being like removed and broken apart. And like there's painting is the walls are being painted and like sometimes the walls are being painted to look like a house and sometimes there's people and then right. there's paper. this is sorry keep going and there's also paper mache and those are the two main things is the paintings on the walls and the floors i guess but mostly the walls and the paper mache at least i think it's paper mache that's yeah. being or some sort of papers you know it looks like paper tape sometimes it's hard yeah to it's hard to know exactly but it's mixed media um Completely, which is really neat. It's sometimes is it's I don't know if this I don't know where animation begins and ends, but a lot of it is actually time lapse to me right. because you're actually seeing the figures be created. You're actually seeing the paint go on the wall. You're not seeing anybody do it. No, no, no people appear in the movie except you're those those um, beginning and end pieces that are kind of different. Yeah, but you see the figures being built up you see the paint the 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 tape being put on and that's not that's not and then there is animation where the figures move or the um some of my favorite parts were when you had this 3d figure that yeah it's paper mache or, or some kind of uh, 3d object but then the walls of the house were animated but they were animated to look like hallways it was looking like she was walking yeah. So, so the the you knew that there was she was in this room, but that they had um, painted the walls so it no longer looked like that room. It looked like she was going down a dark hallway. That stuff like, I thought looked really neat. That stuff was really cool. Like, is it forced perspective? Is that what it is? I don't know what it's called. It's probably not yeah. forced. It's something. Yeah, like I don't think that's forced perspective. I don't know what that is. I don't know yeah. if there's a name for it. This is the kind of thing where like. There isn't even a Wikipedia page for this film, and I could probably read some articles to figure this out, but I don't want to like taint my review of the film. Like I like to do these before I read a bunch of stuff up on them. Usually, mm -hmm. not always. And so it's like probably somebody knows what's going on here, but it, it's also just fascinating to see like the, there's like a, a, a figure and like it's built up and it's moving and doing stuff, and then it's like being taken apart. So you see like the foam and like whatever is it was inside of it. Mm -hmm. And they do a lot of that. And you see like the pigs move their heads and you you see like cuts and creases form and then they get covered up when they get to a new stationary point. So you see drips of paint that then get yeah. painted over. Yeah, totally. And that's, it's, 
it feels intentional. I mean, it's a bit hard to know. This could be like someone's passion project. I have no clue, like whether there was money or not put towards this. Certainly there was a lot of time and effort put into it, yeah. but it's hard to know like how, and you know, it's hard to know for sure, but it felt intentional because the story as much as there, I mean, it is a story, but it's, you know, non-narrative or pretty confusing. Like it's, it seems to be, a, I mean, essentially it's like, to me, the way I read it was like, this person is escaping a cult or trying to like figure their life out in a cult. Right. And I wasn't ever too sure. Like, is she, did she escape the cult? Mm -hmm. Like, and this is her like trying to build a life outside of the cult. Is she still in the cult, but she's like really secluded from it. It's not super clear to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it, the idea is that she escapes it because that seems to be what the beginning is and getting away from the wolf. But, but because of that, it kind of makes sense that you're like seeing these things be built up and broken down. Cause that's kind of like, maybe what's going on for somebody who's in a cult or trying to escape a mm -hmm. cult or reprogramming, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I, you know, we, as much as we do listen to true crime things, it's kind of hard to know exactly what's going on, but, right. but the fact that you see this art being built up and built down, broken down and, and all the painting on the walls and the figures moving or not moving. And like, it's just fascinating. Like, this is one of those ones where it's like, you know, I'm not sure it's exactly a great movie, but whether or not it is, you know, in terms of my own feelings or, you know, my own qualitative judgment of it, it is a very unique thing. Well, know? that's where I kind of what I wanted to talk about first. Like you and I, it came up a lot with Loving Vincent and I don't want to rehash that, but um, there was a lot of press around that. that. I have the name right. That's the one that was oil paintings animated yeah, to Loving look. Vincent. Um you know and um a lot of the rhetoric around that was um how much work it was yeah. which i always find a little unfair because i know people who work in the film industry and it's always really hard work people work really hard on movies that aren't very good and that's just and yeah. loving vincent was a real mixed bag um but honestly this is a lot of work and it's I think visually more amazing than like Loving Vincent. I think it's really stunning all the, what they did and how it had to be planned. And yeah, there's strips and stuff, but it feels like they want you to see it. But what I was really also thinking about was, I think I've even talked, you know, we talk about like the buckets that different movies go into. And like, there's a right. big bucket that's like the movie bucket, right? Yeah. But like, you know, you could talk about this in the same terms as you do an Avengers movie. I'm not going to stop you. If that helps you grow as a human being, go ahead and do it. <laughs> but to me, like you could almost like cluster the bucket. So like Avengers and Roma, like again, not movies I would really necessarily compare to each other for any reason, but they kind of fit in buckets kind of near each other. They're narrative. They follow right. traditional structure. Yeah. They, you know, so on. Right. This bucket is like over there. This is a different, this, this film makes me think of stuff you see in a museum. Yeah. I, recently I was, back in February, I was in Chicago right before everything really closed down. And we saw an exhibit that had some, a lot of uh, audio visual stuff to it. Yeah. And there was this thing where this woman would sneeze food and her nose was growing longer. And then you could look down this hole and there were women making oysters, uh, making pearls and oysters. And it was very like, it was like, it was art, you know, like yeah. take it or leave it, hate it or not. Like it, it wasn't, 
you know, it was never going to, I mean, it could play in a theater, but it's not what you're going to see in a theater. Right. Um, this definitely felt like something you would see in a museum. And honestly, I've seen Quay Brothers in a museum. Like, yeah. there's stuff that overlaps. I mean, we've seen they had a Kubrick exhibit. Yes. So obviously, like, you know, there's there's overlap. But to me, this you don't evaluate this the way you do a movie. It's it's not meant to be. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I I was not always entertained by it. In fact, there were a lot of times where I found myself thinking about Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, which I looked up to make sure I got the name right, which is a movie about a woman escaping a cult that's in the movie bucket, in the traditional movie bucket with Roma, probably. Got it. Um, you know, and I think that was just because a lot of the time-lapse stuff it's just hard to focus, you know, it's hard to stay with something that's so non-narrative. It is. But it's the same. Oh, and the other thing was the, the, that we haven't brought up is that the camera is constantly moving. Yes. There are ways of steadying camera when doing like um, stop motion and so on. I don't know how it works. They didn't do it here. And part of me likes how rough it looks but also it was making me kind of nauseous at times. And some of my more favorite sections are the sections where the camera did stay more still. Yeah. So when, when a lot of that was happening and a lot of the time-lapse stuff was happening, I would find myself kind of longing for like just straightforward narrative. Yeah. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't think that's what this movie was meant to be. I don't think, I think, I think it's really impressive. I think yeah no I, I i went into this movie blind and i specifically told you to go into it blind because i saw an image from it and i'm like this looks like the quay brothers yeah and i wanted to just go into it without knowing what was up mm -hmm. and i think i'm glad i did that because it really is so so uh, loving vincent i also was thinking a lot about loving vincent and it, they're not it, this is comparison for the sake of sort of an understanding you know they're different right. movies no, no. You, you can compare things i'm just saying yeah no i'm just i want to be clear because you know it's it's really difficult because the thing with loving vincent is it was really it was impressive i mean any movie can be impressive even marvel movies i know that they're made more or less by a, a factory at this point but they're still impressive and there's still a lot of hard work right uh, right loving vincent there's a lot of hard work the thing was, it doesn't look different than any traditional animated film. Like it is still, like it looks different in the sense that it's a painting, but it's not different in the same sense that the form is still roughly the same. Right. If Whether it's 2D or 3D, it is still, you know, in terms of like, you know, it's a two, it's, it's two dimensional, whether it's made with 3D objects or not, you know, mm -hmm. any, you can make a 3D film look like this. You can make a 2D film look like this. Classical animation and Loving Vincent look the same in terms of form. Right. And I ultimately got wigged out by the, the paint strokes moving on the people's faces because most right. of the time the background wouldn't move, but their faces would. And so right. that- it, Loving Vincent had almost the opposite problem where every time the camera was still, which was for long periods of time, it was yeah. kind of boring. Yeah. And then when it moved, it was really exciting. <laughs> exactly. And I was going to basically say that. And the problem with it being still was that it made me uncomfortable. It didn't make me nauseous. Yeah. I also got nauseous by the wolf house like you did. It yeah. took me a little longer, I think, because you mentioned it. And then like 15 or 10 minutes later, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm getting nauseous now, too. Yeah. The, the problem is, is there was a number of times where the camera was in a still position. We were just looking at people sitting at a table or something. Mm -hmm. And it was still shifting slightly. Yeah. And no. eventually that messes with your equilibrium. Yeah. And 
I would have, I liked how rough it looked, but I don't need it to look rough in those still moments. Yeah. So I wonder what the viewing experience experience would be like if those still moments, the camera wasn't shifting as much. Yeah. And, and now, and now going back to like, it's also the other thing. So what's for the Wolf House, it is mixed media, like I said, and it doesn't look like anything else I've seen before, except maybe the Quay Brothers. I know Spank there's Meyer. The, I was going like to say Spankmire. Spank I um, I meant to ask you to watch Jabberwocky um by Spankmire before this because it's in a it's in a it's all in a room. But yeah. he doesn't move my recollection is I think he does close-ups and and stuff like that, but he doesn't actually move the camera, but I could be wrong. I should have rewatched it before doing this. I also know that Spankmire's done live action that I yeah. think he mixes with animation, which I have never watched. So Right. So and so like there this, there's a much smaller bucket and this bucket right. is way over there and even like Quay Brothers is like kind of a different bucket than the Wolf House is. Yes. You know, Quay Brothers are pretty much only short films. I know they've done yes. a feature, but so like there's that kind of stuff. I mean, this film is pretty short. It's what 72 minutes or something. It's yeah. it's really short, but it's still a full film. And like yeah. and even Carl Zeman, you know, his stuff like it's mixed media between real and what's, you know, fake, but it it looks more like a traditional movie than this or like yeah uh, i can't a, uh, remember having seen an animation like this that's i want to call it postmodern because <laughs> it shows you how it's being made as it's being made yeah and i mean we're it is just so fascinating it is so fascinating to me mm-hmm. and i you know i it's it's hard we talk about how it's hard to critique films sometimes is your cat mm-hmm. doing something a little bit but don't worry keep going okay uh <laughs> it is hard to talk about a movie and critique a movie like this because it is, you just don't like, you don't see this or bird boy or, you know, uh, you know, there's just any number like animated movies in particular, but even like a small film, like, Oh, I don't know what was something we've seen. That's like, they're hard to critique because this, this doesn't feel, I mean, even if they put money behind well, this. Well, even a field in England fought into that, where, where yeah, it's like, it's... I don't want to see 30 a field in England. I no. don't have a lot of a field of England to compare it to. It's just what, it, you know, it's just. Yeah, I, the only thing I can. Interesting. Uh, there's nothing mainstream that I can compare. I mean, I guess the closest I can compare this to is regular stop motion, like a, a, a Isle of Dogs or something, you know? Yeah. Which uh, you can sort of compare it to that, but it is still so different that it's like, yeah like that had stuff in it where i could be like oh well that's really neat and whatever and i can kind of look at it this and that at the same time but it's it's hard to really and at the same time i got bored during this you know but i didn't get bored at the animation so much as like the animation was always neat i just wasn't always interested in what the animation was doing because (laughs) your cat it's very hard it's it the anim i wasn't always interested in what the animation was doing because it's like it's it's kind of it's okay to get bored sometimes too like that's true i like ballet and i've taken people to ballet and i've been like if you get bored that's fine like it's fine there's nothing like people don't like being bored and i'm i don't know i kind of like being bored sometimes 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 (laughs) it really depends but it depends this kind of thing where you're you're watching art art can get boring sometimes and yeah. I don't find I, I don't want you to bore me with your action film, but if you're gonna bore me with your art, you know, I'll just keep watching until something catches yeah. my eye again. 
and if because we've talked so much about the animation already and how how interesting and beautiful and and you know it's not it beautiful though it's grotesque well, and weird and, and it's stuff. it's be- i mean beautiful in the sense of like it is grotesque like i think the quay brother stuff is beautiful right but it's beautiful in the sense of like it's not people it's, who are listening to be like this isn't like a, this is grotesque gr- beauty this is early a, disney animation is beautiful this is grotesque this is grotesque <laughs> or warped yeah it's beautifully warped it's beautifully grotesque it's beautiful <laughs> Yeah. horrifying you know yeah. um the story is where and looking at the story you know it opens with like you know here is this film about the the the, the what is the collective the something the i don't remember colony it's a colony. The colony yeah and you know we this woman is running away and we end up in a house and you know it just starts stuff starts happening and she's talking and she's like trying to figure out what's going you know how to live her life I guess and like try to anthropomorphize and she's anthropomorphizing these pigs but are they really pigs or are they people you know is she trying to get these help these people that she's you know that might be her children that she had with the cult leader because that's where my brain mm-hmm. goes be real people and not pigs who just are idiots and follow and eat mush and whatever mm-hmm. like and so all the, the we're going to talk about this later with black bear probably too but like the ideas are really interesting and like there is a story there and I'm enjoying what's happening in the wolf house. But at a certain point I'm like, but what is this all going? This isn't really well, going to anything. It I doesn't need, yeah. I, like I don't need it to be structured. I watch enough of these films where I don't need it to be structured, but I'm getting just lost enough where I'm like, I don't need structure, but I also. See, you know, that's where I was like, this is a museum piece and I don't care. Like it's, yeah. it's getting, it's getting the sense of creepiness and oppression yeah, it gets all that really orientation and all that really well. I don't care what the story is. Like it's it's weirdly weirdly I I it's very heady, but it doesn't. This is the kind of film where it's really heady, and I want to be emotional about some of the stuff that's happening, but I'm never really being emotional. Yeah, I get that. And it's it's not. But I feel like I was reacting in a visceral way, and I think I also want to say I mean plot. I don't care what the plot is. The story is there. The story is a creepy story about yeah. a girl and a and a cult or a commune or a colony yeah. or whatever. It's the plot that is really difficult. But I still got a very visceral sense of creepiness and oppression and some it, a very deep sense of like bad. Like things were bad. Like you don't. You know, you watch movies where you're like, oh, I'd like to be there. Like, uh, you know, even sometimes yeah. even when terrible, like Lord of the Rings, where it's like, no, you really don't want to be there. But like on some level, you're like, I want to fight beside, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like this is like, no, I don't want to be there. No, I like, I don't want to be in this world. It's terrible. But it's, it's you know. No, I think you're right. And it, it's visceral. But to me, it's 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 a different. There's a, there's an intellectual visceral viscerality. I've made up a word and there's an emotional viscerality and like intellectually, like, you know, I can't, I actually, how many films have I even seen about Colts? Not many, probably. Um, I want you to watch, um, oh shoot, I pulled it up. I pulled it up. Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. I want you to watch that one. And and I should. And (laughs) like, uh, so it's like, it's not like I have anything to compare this to, but it certainly is really, you know, intellectually visceral, but emotionally, I think that's maybe I'm getting figuring I'm it out sure as we're talking be, about it. I'm not sure things can be intellectually visceral, but I get what you're trying to say. Yes, it, it emotionally because visceral means, according to the internet, relating to deep inward feelings rather than rather than to the intellect. Well, <laughs> I'm in la, la, English is a I think uh, living you're trying language. To say, like it, it sparked your 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 thoughts, but it really made me think. Yeah, and 
emotionally, I think it, gave me it wasn't more feels than you. Yeah, if it had made more emotionally, if I had been more emotionally hit by this movie, I might I might have enjoyed it. Even I mean, I really enjoyed this movie. I might have really gotten into it more. But as it is, it's more of a think piece than it is really like me feeling. And it's not that it completely lacked emotion or anything, but there's like there's moments where we're the the, the pigs are being anthropomorphized. And like she's caring for them, and I, I want to feel like something for that, but instead I'm like, well, I, it's interesting. And then later uh, they like they turn see, on I her. I felt I felt things there, and when they got burned, and it's I, like I, I felt I think, something. I think I felt but... more than you. Yeah, you've you've got more. It got you more than me. But again, yeah. you know, it's it, that's where it's like it's hard. Again, it's hard to criticize this because it really is what it is, and it's like it's hard yeah. to imagine it being anything else. Yeah. You know, maybe technique wise, you know, it could have held the camera still more in a few scenes, but like other than, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't yeah. know. So yeah, and it's interesting. We talk sometimes about what the audience for things are, which I, I, I hate a little bit too, though, because it's like, just see things. Like if you yeah, like- Yeah, I don't, we don't need to things. talk about the, like if you're going to see the Wolf House, if, you, if, you, if you're the kind of person who finds the Wolf House, <laughs> it's for you. This yeah. isn't going to just show up in people's feeds, right? Somebody, oh. you have to know stuff. I did quickly want to say that it did also make me think of um, this magnificent cake because it, it's also, yeah. which is way more straightforward, but also dreamy. It's it's interesting how straightforward the magnificent cake feels now compared to, or this magnificent cake now feels to um, compared to the Wolf House. But that film has a lot to do with Belgium um, colonizing and um, colon yeah. you know doing terrible things in the Congo, and it was also very dreamy and and weird but it was there you didn't see it wasn't postmodern you didn't see it get made yeah um and it, that would almost be an interesting double feature is like that would be yeah, yeah that would be really interesting too. anyway that that Anyways. was the last thing i wanted to say yeah i this was this was a fascinating unique watch <laughs> yes all right, so uh, let's move on to the movie that you picked um, black for bear us. which black just, bear I saw a preview for um, the boy showed me a preview for it a month, a month or so ago, starring Aubrey Plaza. We are it, it just came out. It literally just came out like two days ago, and we'll probably spoil it. So if you're yes, planning spoilers. on seeing it and don't want to be spoiled, I mean, normally we're talking about Marilyn Monroe films, and they're like 50 years old, and it's like 60 years old, and it's like you know what. I mean, you had your chance, but in this case, this actually just came out. Yeah, this just came out. So, so spoilers, be aware. Spoilers, truthfully, spoilers. Um, also, just to be clear, there is another, I think it's a foreign film and it might have multiple names that came out last year. This is not that. Yes. Um, Did you want to take this one? Yeah, I'll take this one. So this one opens on a woman on a dock at a lake, I guess. There's a lot of fog. She goes inside, she opens up a book. And then we see the title card, Black Bear, against some notepad paper. And we get a, I think just right after that, or maybe after like another scene, we get a part one, and I forget what the subtitle is. Mm -hmm. And it's an, a director played by Aubrey Plaza who makes films, and apparently they're indie small films, and she later describes them as like films no one sees and everybody hates, which is exactly the kind of movies we would watch. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, She's gone to this like cab this cabin. It's like a I don't know. It's huge, huge cabin. I guess it's on a technically lake. a cabin, but yes, yeah. it's huge. To to 
I guess it's like a creative retreat and these, this couple, this, this musician and this woman seem to sort of, I guess they run it. It's, it's, just, it's a little loose, you know, it's creative friends, people who knows creative community and quickly things descend into really uncomfortable discussions about feminism and <laughs> gender roles and um, creativity and all of that. And there's a relate and one, the woman who is there with her husband, not her, not husband, um, is uh, pregnant and the director is interested in the man, the male lead, Christopher Abbott, who's in things and I like him. And uh, then chaos ensues and, oh no, we're driving a car and we almost hit a bear except cut to part two. And now we're watching people film a version of what we just watched. Like it's now a movie set and it's, Postmodern, I think, maybe is what we're calling this. You said that for the other review, so I'm stealing it for this one. And we're watching them make a version of what we just watched, except that Aubrey Plaza is now the wife and not the director. Yes. And Christopher Abbott is now the director of the actual, of, of the director on set, and somebody else is playing the Christopher Abbott character. And except that it's all more or less what we just watched before, except a, a, as the crew like we're doing the same thing as the crew, except that it's also happening in this, the, the few scenes that they're filming. And it's, that's, that's it. Then there's that part two, which is, again, it plays out the same way. And then that's it. We get another bookend where it's the, it's Aubrey Plaza again on the dock and she goes in and she starts to write in her notebook. I, that was my best attempt at it. I think I did okay. That was fine. That was fine. It was tough. Um... Um, I, yeah. I, so I was, I had a dumb moment right after this. I, I have critiques of this film that I think are valid. I had a dumb moment where it was like, I was having trouble figuring something out. And then I was like, oh, I'm probably missing something. Cause it's like female led film. And you've called out that I maybe missed something sometimes when this happens. And I was like, okay, I missed something obvious about the woman being pregnant about how this is really about, it's about creativity in general, but also maybe a little specific to women. <laughs> Um, yes. and how women interact in the creative space and what that means. And so I was yes. like, okay, so that helped me a little bit after I was being dumb. But at the same time... To, so be, to be entirely fair, uh, this movie is written and directed by a man. Um, but although it seems like he, uh, one of the producers is his wife, who are um, partner... No, they yeah. are married. Um so, you know, maybe she had a substantial hand in it. Yeah. Who knows? But he, Who she knows? does not have a writing credit. He has the writing credit. Mm. Uh, interesting. Yeah. And because at the end, it said for Sophie. For Sophie, right. And that's who it is. That's the, his, um, her name. Let's, let's, let's make her more than just the wife of uh, Sophia, Sophia to call, um, who her husband. <laughs> Let's put it on him. Wrote and directed this film. Excellent. He is Sophia Tikal's husband. There we go. Um, I found, like, I enjoyed this while I was watching it, except that I didn't quite enjoy the first half. Like, I enjoyed the first half with the caveat of, like, okay, like, my, my big critique, I'll get it out of the way, is that, like, we go from, like, zero to, like, 60 as if we were in, like, some sports car, but it and that can work for an action movie like plenty of action movies do that and it works fine whereas like this is this isn't this is 
barely narrative. I mean, it's almost experimental in that it's two different pieces, you know, it's not quite experimental, but it's just two different pieces. It's like what well, run Lola run or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's non-traditional. Non-traditional. And so you can't really go from zero to 60 in a sports car with like a talky drama. Yeah. And see, I, I, I completely understand your criticism. I completely just, I loved it. I loved going from zero to 60 of like, oh, that got bad real fast. Like, because, okay, let's, let's be a little specific. So there's a, um, there's an uncomfortable dinner conversation where basically they're not married, but she is pregnant with his child as well as her child. And um, just everything they say, these, these two that have this pre-existing relationship contradicts each other. And yeah. then Aubrey Plaza is like her character. Um, I, I forget her name in the first. Maybe it is Allison. I can't remember. Her, um, her character basically, we're never sure if anything she ever says is true. And she's just saying, and, and it feels like she's just saying things to cause more conflict right. and then apologizing and then saying something terrible again. And yeah. This, they move from this dinner to the living room or the like maybe the an indoor area where they continue to have this fight and it just kind of blows out of proportion. And then, you know, with people just yelling at each other, which is, I think, really where it lost you because you were like, how did it get so wrong so fast? But I, to me, I feel like that's how arguments can be. Like suddenly you're like, why are we yelling at each other? Your problem is that they don't really know each other, that this is this, you know, this this woman who doesn't know this couple. But to me, it it, it kind of felt truer than it did for you. And that's just what it is. So, so okay. So you're <laughs> partially right, partially wrong. I'm going to speak. I'm going to stay my piece. You're right in that, like, they don't really know each other and it blows up fast, but that happens. People do this. This is not, like, unbelievable to me. Like, I couldn't believe this happening. The problem to me is, like, we don't really, like, I couldn't really tell you much about these characters. Like, sure, I can tell you about the situations they're in and, like, she's a director of these kinds of films and that's what this whole situation is about. But, like, I don't know anything else about her. She literally lies about her mother and stuff like that. So it's like, or not at or least not. one. She says two different things, so one of them has to be a lie. Yeah, it, well, or both. One or both could be lies. <laughs> true, true. Um, so it's that it's that point where it's like I don't really know the the issue is I, again like the Wolf House. I didn't really feel emotionally connected to anything, so it was interesting and I got through it because like the, I thought the writing was really good. The dialogue was really good. The acting was really good. The cinematography was really good. The situation and the way they react to each other is really good. But the characters weirdly to me, like I'm watching it and like, I don't really care about any of these people. Like I care about the situation and the ideas, like the ideas, once I got past my dumb moment are really interesting and really neat. And like, I really liked all that. But I can believe, you know, what you said, like, I, it's a little weird that people are arguing this much right after meeting each other. They seem rational and like sensible enough not to do that in terms of like how their dialogue is and how they're discussing, but whatever, people are like that. To me, it's more like, who are these people? Like, why do I care? What am I doing here, you know? And I get that, but for me, I mean, I'm the character person between the two of us. Like I have trouble with, you know, Toshiro Mifune, not Toshiro, I love Toshiro Mifune. I have trouble with Akira Kurosawa because sometimes I'm like, oh, you didn't create characters. You just hired character actors. Like, and they create, you know, just by virtue of having such unique looks and 
yeah. and kind of mannerisms that yeah. they create a character. Yeah. But this movie to me is so much about, this movie to me feels like a personal essay. Yeah. And it yeah. feels like a creative personal essay. I was even thinking earlier of Almodovar's um, personal one that you liked a little more than me. Oh, that just came out? Pain and Glory. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, know, it's literally where, framed. This movie is literally fl- framed like a personal essay almost because of the notebook. Yeah, part. and so for me, it's it's yes, it's it's a little more intellectual than than visceral, as we keep saying. So we're gonna have to use different words soon. But you know, there there's that part where Aubrey pauses. Character talks about wishing she were a slave, which is it's a vile thought in 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 concept and just like you know right but what she was really talking about was feeling like you have no direction in life and she says it like you don't have any direction you don't know what you're doing you don't know why you're doing it yeah and so in that way the characters not being specific kind of worked for me and giving that sense of disorientation and like you know it's like we're it's almost like we're trying to nail down who these people are and and you can't and and that goes you know part of my problem with biopics is that I think human beings are intensely complex. And so something yeah. about taking someone who really lived and simplifying them is, is bothersome to me, whereas inventing a person isn't. Right. And so in this sense, it, it's almost like it's, it's showing you just, you know, you, you can't really nail people down. I, maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know. But that's what it kind of gave me. So, so I, and I totally, I basically agree. Like, I liked this movie. I just, the first half had some trouble for me. And the second half more or less made the movie really work for me. With the caveat that I still didn't, the characters kind of, I think that's my main issue is we go from zero to 60 really fast without the characters really being on that zero to 60 track. But I have a thought. It just came to me. So, so bear, bear with me. <laughs> So you know Black how you bear some... with me. Black bear with me. Uh, ha! So many <laughs> jokes in there. Uh, so <laughs> you talk about sometimes with like sci-fi movies, I think, or fantasy movies, like there's these interesting ideas, but like everything else just gets thrown out for the sake of like ideas yeah. and how like Red Letter Media, I think, has done this where they like are really, they like Prometheus because of the ideas, but then they really harshly critique like a rom-com or something, right? Right. I mean, not, we don't know, we just, just stop. This is a criticism reviews. I've leveled at Red Le- and, and at other people. I don't other think people. they're, and, a, you know, and at the world in general. Yes, right. <laughs> and so, and because, and because like sci-fi is like more a male genre and rom-com is more a female genre, roughly, roughly yeah. in terms of traditional ideas. Right. So there's that issue, right? And weirdly, I want to turn this back on you and say, like, are you sure this isn't something that you really like the ideas for? So you're kind of like making it work in all these other ways, like possibly. And and one of I the mean, things you not, not, against, not as like a big critique of who you are. One just of the like things you leveled against this movie is it's it's really hard to know what we just saw. Yeah. And um, I read the Wikipedia, which explained like the Wikipedia breakdown is like she. Uh, the Aubrey Plaza character has this experience and then the second part is her turning it into a movie which is not necessarily how we interpreted it so if the movie wants you to come w- come from it with a the strict imperson- impersonation no interpretation of the two pieces and how they relate there's not enough there like right. because yeah. we kind of interpreted it as actually two different stories that she had written like her right, imagining right. two different stories. Whereas Wikipedia right. is saying the first one is her having this experience and the second is her depicting it. Right. I don't know if that works for me. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know about that. And and the movie doesn't. And that's where even kind of we were talking about like, what if there were a third piece yeah. that? And this makes me think of another movie we saw that I kind of don't want to name because it would really spoil it, and I don't want to spoil it. But there is a comedy out there that kind of does something where you start with what you a situation just straight on then it turns out it's being filmed and you kind of see how it's filmed and what's going on and then there is a third piece where you kind of see where they where they take it even back another step and there's something about i I can tell you later which one you probably already know right there's something about threes because like when when you have two things I think I think it's like you need three pieces of evidence although I think um is it I I've been on I've been on a jury and it's like I forget how it works but it's like you can have x amount of circumstantial evidence or like then there's just like proof and those are different things circumstantial evidence is like he's standing near the gun right right but that doesn't necessarily so you need like you need multiple things like that in order to prove something or you can have something that's like he is standing there holding the gun at someone and that is like proof and this is what it feels like like we have these two pieces of evidence but we need there's something not about sure. having a third part that I'm not sure I can convict based on these two pieces of evidence we have here in this film. Uh, the other thing is, I think this movie sits in a weird place between non-narrative and narrative because I think it needs a third piece too. And a part of that is like traditional story tru- structure. Often yeah. when you get a first, you get a three piece. Yeah. Like they're like run, little run. Like yeah. you, you get things like that. It really or works. Are you thinking because... about Moonlight, where like you, without that third act, it would be? I mean, but right. that's we think. I mean, some people do four acts and five acts and so on but we, we usually think of things as beginning middle end three right pieces. and when you break it into pieces it doesn't necessarily completely fit into that because sometimes you know you're you're if we're talking traditional story structure sometimes like your act your your first piece of your three-piece movie that's broken up that way doesn't end at the end of the first act like it's not whereas right. this it sits in that weird place where it's like i almost wish it was less narrative or more narrative and it's <laughs> right it, not not like a huge detriment but just like uh. it also made me think shoot about that i'm not going to be able to find it symbiosis taxioplasm symbio Tachyo. something take, take let me see if, if that's enough to because and i don't know if i'm supposed to be thinking of that or not of course now my internet doesn't want to help me find it um right it, oh, did I mean to look up symbiosis pistachio? Uh-oh. Anyway, <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. It's something long. I'll see if I can find it when you get to start talking. But it's it's a guy shooting something and someone shooting him shooting something. And then I think there's even a third crew shooting that I, I didn't watch this. I wonder if this is still available. I should watch this Yeah, it was Criterion Collection. It was on the yeah. Criterion Collection. But even there, it's like they wanted to have those three steps of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I can't, the whole, I didn't know that that's how the idea was it that this woman had this experience and then like went and filmed it essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I don't believe that. If that's what it's supposed to be, then it just completely fails in that for me. Yeah. I, it doesn't work to me for that because you're using the same actor in multiple places and blah, blah. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, it's this weird, I'm also kind of running out of things to say about it. Cause it's like, at a certain point, it really is what it is. Again, this isn't this, I, I don't know how popular or not, or how this movie is being marketed. Cause again, we're kind of out of the loop on that at the moment. 
and we're not in theaters to see trailers. So I didn't see a trailer for it. So it's, I'm kind of just shrugging. Like, I feel like the people who will want this movie will find it yeah. more or less. And it is, it is definitely, and there's a part of me, I don't like the word pretentious. I think this is my final thought on this. I don't mm. like the word pretentious or high art or low art or any of that bullshit. I just think that's all stupid. Uh, maybe not stupid. I just mm -hmm. don't like it as a way of categorizing right. and quantifying things and, anything can be pretentious or lowbrow or whatever. I don't care if it's good. It's good. If it's not, it's not, there's other ways of qualifying and, and sort of figuring out how we feel about things based on technique and story and whatever. However, I don't really know how to look at this movie without being like, it's, it's a bit heady, like, which might be the same thing as calling it pretentious, but it's, there's an aspect to it where, because I didn't feel the characters as much, it felt like it was all ideas. And that's kind of why I asked you, you know, is this, you know, are you giving, I you disagree. give, you know, you, I, I sometimes think you give movies like this more of a pass than you do like an action movie because the ideas here are really interesting and there's a lot to them. Tell me about the ideas in the action films. Yeah. <laughs> there are ideas in action films. Action you, films are more visceral. They might be more <laughs> visceral. They're supposed to be. Right. <laughs> Like, and you're like more willing to give these movies a pass than like an action movie because there's more ideas here in an action movie is usually like one or two ideas with maybe little nuances, you know, or whatever. Diversity so it's is like, important, not because people are, you'll get more unbiased people, but because everyone has different biases. Different biases, right. <laughs> and so I'm curious, you know, I think about like, you know, and this isn't again. We're, I'm not. This, I'm, for the people at home, I'm not attacking my sister. This is things we oh, talk no, about. We're, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. I wonder if we, you and me, me too, but specifically, you know, we give this a pass because the dialogue is so well written and because the situation is so well thought out and done. Even though I still think the characters, you get more character in the second part than you do in the first yeah. part. Anyways. I don't disagree with you. And when you're talking about giving it a pass, you still liked it. You still think it's oh, a yeah. good movie. You just think that I'm giving it more. Uh, and I might be, and that's fine. Other yeah, movies get passes I mean, for less it, good. Lots of movies have gotten passes for, for bad reasons. So. Totally, totally. So my last two things are, it's Symbiopsychotaxoplasm, directed by William Greaves. And yeah, it's got three different crews because there's something about having three that kind right. of matters. And it was interesting. Um, but uh, my last statement, which I know you agree with, is that I thought that its depiction of filmmaking, small filmmaking, was pretty oh, good. Because right. so often um, you see writers, directors, actors, producers sometimes. Uh, but this is like, you know, you get to see the, you know, the, 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 the AD and the, I, I don't even know all the terms necessarily because I haven't. You know, the gap of the sense, grip. But, there's like, but we grew up, you know, um, our mom worked on live television and often enough you and I were like downstairs with like the guys you know the camera guys the, the people that, that don't get glamorized by Hollywood right and so it right. was fun to see kind of those people who don't and, and they do sometimes you do see yeah. them but I always like it when you see the boom operator the the person getting room tone you know the, these you know unsung heroes of of filmmaking a lot long ago you made me watch i think lost in oblivion is the title right which is about a, a, a crew making an independent movie it stars steve buscemi and some other people who i don't remember who might be yeah. 
well known or not. There's some, there's, and it really, it, there's this, there's a similarity between that and this, just in kind of how they, because in that you see like the, the room tone guy, that's a little bit more about like pretentious people like right out of college or something doing a film or something. <laughs> and there is a moment in that where somebody has um, food poisoning and is vomiting in a toilet. And in this, I think it's the, uh, the AD maybe. She um, seemed like she was the AD. Yeah, probably the AD who's like maybe the production some... manager. Hard to know. Yeah. Yeah, she's eating some tilapia or something, right? <laughs> and she's having explosive diarrhea. Some diarrhea, and it's just <laughs> hilarious. So definitely, I also appreciated that aspect to it. And I, I forgot we didn't even really talk about it a lot, but this is a movie that's really interested in the creative process, and I kind of mentioned it, but it's really interested in the, the creative process for a woman. Yeah. Like it, a lot of it, that. yeah, we didn't go into the details of like how it explores that necessarily, but it does it from two different angles. And I actually like that it's sort of, it's almost like in both it's exploring it and in both it's kind of doing the negative version of how like how we look down on the women who are traditional before not being going out and like, but then the people who go out who are like jealous of the people are going out and doing more traditionally male like housewives things. versus career women you're right you're talking about that's more or less how you boil it down and like the negative parts of both and how one wishes they were right. like the other or something well and the second half is all about her being manipulated by her husband in order to get the best performance which is certainly something like we've heard kubrick did that kind of yeah. stuff otto preminger famously did that to sheen seaborg so lots yeah, of people a, did that yeah. yeah it's it's so common that like you know i i i tend to think that that's all blowhard bullshit like i get that we get some great movies from it but it, the way that we manipulate people this it seems like people have been manipulated is really toxic and bad for their health yeah but it's interesting like and you have a woman who's the one being manipulated this way and like she's creative and out there doing the thing but like she's also has this home life that she wants and so that's yeah. interesting i i didn't want to make i wanted to make sure we just there's details right. there we're not just saying we're saying these ideas are interesting without talking about the ideas it's because it's kind of heady and hard to discuss. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, my last thing is as a creative person trying to write a story, um, I appreciated that like, oh, what if I change that and that, and then that becomes a little different. Like it's, I've talked about it here, you know, there's, you know, seven, five, two, three stories that exist in the world, but there's a, an infinite number of variations and that kind of right. should, and, and I really struggle with what one to tell sometimes in my own writing. I really appreciated seeing that kind of shown on camera. And, and that's yeah. probably part of why I liked it so much. Makes sense to me. <laughs> I think that's it. I feel like I had one other thing to say and now I have forgotten it. So can't have been that good. Yeah, it's all good. We talked about it a lot. I think I talked about it more than I thought I would. <laughs> Excellent. So onward. Onward. So we're going to talk about the last new movie we watched, um, Happiest Season, which has also not been out for very long, though I think longer than two days. Yeah. Um, maybe like a week or something. So Happiest Season. Um, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. That's why you're saying that it's been out. Like we're, again, this is not spoilers. a 60-year-old Marilyn Monroe movie. This just came out, so you may not have had a chance to watch it. It's on Hulu. Yes. Um, so spoilers all the way. Uh so this, oh, I guess I'll do the synopsis. I was you going seem in to like, want to go for it, man. I didn't. I was just doing it. All right. So this stars uh, Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. They are uh, and Aubrey Plaza is in it. <laughs> and Aubrey Plaza is in this, like she was in Black Bear. Uh, they, uh, 
Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis are girlfriends. They live in, an, they share an apartment together, I think. I don't think it's a house. And they, we open and it's Christmas and Mackenzie Davis's character, Harper, she loves Christmas. And Kristen Stewart's character, Abby, is kind of moot on Christmas. We later learn out why, but whatever. So Harper like invites Abby to come see her family and it's in the moment and they're loving and whatever. And then the next day, they're talking about it and Harper's like, you don't have to. And Abby's like, no, no, I'll go. And so on the drive there, Harper reveals that she is not out to her family as being, you know, with a girl. I don't know if they're strictly lesbians. I guess they might say it somewhere in there, but she's not out to her family. And Abby is going to show up as her roommate, who's an orphan, which is a running joke in the movie that is occasionally like cringy and not that funny to me and is occasionally funny. And I don't judge humor that much because what do I know? But uh, the rest of the movie is just what it sounds like. They're, Abby and Harper are trying to be lovey to each other a little bit, but Harper is helping her dad who's trying to be mayor. And there's all kinds of strife in the family. And, and Abby is Harper's just there. keeping Abby a secret. As Har Harper's girlfriend. keeping Abby. Yeah. And she's going to tell her right after the holidays. And Abby's like, I'm on board for this. Fine. You kind of tricked me into coming here to do this, but whatever. And chaos ensues. I don't know. Uh, that's basically what the movie is. Um, without spoilers in the, the, the initial part. And uh, I enjoyed this. It's cute. Yeah, it was cute. Um, it had some good lines. It had some good acting. I think the main problem with this movie, not to come down on it too hard, because it's just a sweet bit of fluff that just wants you to love, love the holidays and love each other and be the best people we can be to each other, is the writing. And yeah. I, I don't want to... Um, it's hard to know sometimes whether, I don't know who, for, uh, this is for Hulu, I don't know who produced it, who, that, that kind of thing. Is, yeah. So I don't know if it's a matter, I know Clea Duvall, who's in, um, but I'm a cheerleader, wrote and directed it. I don't know if. Um, she wrote and directed this, not I'm, but I'm a cheerleader. Right, she was in, but I'm a cheerleader, um, right. which is one of my favorite. Um, that is a great movie. Um, movie featuring uh cis ladies together um yeah. i don't know if it's you know it's hard to say because the the other it's not just always the writer's fault sometimes that whoever's producing it wants it to be a certain way and so that's that's what happens but it, it's a character problem mackenzie davis's character you barely meet before she shoves her girlfriend back in the closet and then while she's doing that she's really doing a lot of unpleasant things and I like that the movie, um, the Dan Levy, John character has a moment where he kind of explains the Mackenzie Davis's character and how, how hard this is and how it's different for everyone and, and what right. that means. But we never got to see Mackenzie Davis's character be a good girlfriend. All we see is her be this kind of poor girlfriend. And it, yeah. that's, I think, one of the major reasons why we end up wanting um, Kirsten Stewart's character to be with Aubrey Plaza, because Aubrey Plaza actually does some really nice things for Kirsten Stewart's character yeah. in the movie and has been through a lot and seems to be a really nice person. So that's a problem. Um, yes. And then Kirsten Stewart's character is, is really who the movie revolves around. It seems yeah. to, she seems to be the main character, but her goal and motive her goal is to endure this holiday she doesn't have much of a plan for it there's no like 
and this isn't what I'd want in this movie, but there's no like, well, I'm going to dress like a femme because normally I'm butch. Like there's nothing, there's no, she's not really, she doesn't have much to do (laughs) besides just like get a white elephant present and bear through it. And she doesn't really have much to learn. And then there's that one speech with, with Dan Levy's John character where he's like, you need to understand this. And the next thing she does is dump her. So it's like, I'm not sure. Even after after Mackenzie Davis's character comes out, Kirsten Stewart dumps her despite her coming out and John giving her the speech. So it's like, I'm not sure what that was really about. She doesn't so have a character arc. It, unfortunately, it, it, it just kind of, it keeps the movie as sweet fluff and not being... And I mean, I laughed a fair amount. I enjoyed it a bunch, but it did that thing that comedies sometimes do where it's really funny and then it wants to be meaningful and it doesn't think it can still be funny and be meaningful at the same time. So it gets kind of serious and then everybody's making speeches and it, and it just doesn't quite come together for me. It's not terrible, but no. you know, I think about like Shit's Creek or but I'm a cheerleader and and they have funny resolutions and are still meaningful. Yes. And and this in this it's you know they they have the Jane character the sister that does everything and is unappreciated for it like adding some humor in but it, it's it's still not quite yeah. Anyway, I've talked a long time. So You have. Well, so turn. Quick, quick quick comment. So, well, so okay, actually I agree with everything you said. You're right about all those writing problems. And I think something I came up with right after the movie that I still think I'm thinking right now is that it's really two different movies that are sort of tied together to create one. There's a slightly more serious rom-com and a, and a lighter rom-com. I think both are rom-coms, but like one of them is like, I don't know, has more of like, you know, a, a pointy stick to like try and make points and do things. And the other one is fluff, yeah, and the ending kind of doesn't really work for either. It, it maybe works a little bit more for the fluffy one. Like sometimes your fluffy rom com gets serious right at the end to try and you know make you yeah. feel a thing, and that's fine. There are good rom coms where it's done that, I, I think. But like it, it's you know, it, it's also like you have two characters, but one of them doesn't have an arc, and the other does. But the one that doesn't have the arc is the one that's really the main character. It's yeah. supposed to have two main characters, but Harper doesn't really feel like a main character. She feels like. I don't know. Again, two different movies, two different characters. I don't know. Yeah. So it doesn't really mix right. And I, it, I think I weirdly enjoyed this more than you because I kind of figured out partway through. I mean, it's obvious what the movie is. It's it's. I've been watching a lot of fluff that I've been enjoying lately. So then to see fluff and I enjoyed it. That's not fair, but uh, there's a way of doing fluff. <laughs> And I, for me, this wasn't it. <laughs> right. And I get that this isn't fluff for everybody. It's, you know, I honestly, I, I, I like rom-coms now, but this isn't really, <laughs> I like rom com I like the more serious rom-coms where like, they're still romantic comedies, but they just are a little bit more romantic, a little more dramatic. And this kind of doesn't really, it, it just like, I like that, like, it's the kind of movie where like, I like that Jane actually, like, they don't just wash over the Jane character, like, they ruin her painting and she gets upset about it. And it's like, oh, yes. that's good. Like that moment was good. But it's also the where it's like the sisters are arguing either with each other. And it's like, Alison Brie is a good actress. Mackenzie Davis is a good actress. Yeah. I don't quite feel like they really got to play with their range very much. Yeah. 
I don't know, Mackenzie Davis gets stuff to do, but at the end of all of it, it's, it's kind of, it just kind of settles into like, ah, this was cute. It's fun. I didn't really expect anything more from it. I yeah. didn't really expect anything less from it. It was fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, earlier we were talking about an extremely experimental animation film that doesn't really have a narrative and so on. And it's yeah. like, you know, and we're like, yeah, go watch that. Why not? I mean, it's, it, I feel like, you know, parts of, of that experimental animation didn't work for me, but it's fine. Like parts of this didn't work for me, but it's just, a, it's a light, happy holiday movie featuring two cis women. You don't have a lot of those. You yeah. might as well, you might as well see this one. <laughs> That's a terrible, so, but like I enjoy. Hmm? Isn't cis when they're straight or am I getting confused? I think they, they. Oh, Jill's shaking her head at me, so I'm confused. Don't mind it, me. It means you, it, I believe it means you present the 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 gen. You present a certain gender. Oh right, you're right. Okay, I get the. There's so many terms, and like yeah. I I care about people, and I care about them having these terms to use, but I get so lost sometimes. Yeah, it's um, fine. It's fine. But well, um, no, and it, but you're right. This is like an L. Like this is a popular LGBTQIA movie that. Uh, yeah people might watch because it's on hulu it's promoted it's got famous people in it and, and I that's just want good more of them i want more of them and then if there are more of them some of the characters will work for me better yeah no that's i agree there's there's a weird i figured something out on accident i was curious who wrote this because it was clay duval was one of the writers and the other writer was mary holland mary holland is the actress who played jane oh, okay and that actress is in greener grass <laughs> Okay, who's she in? I don't know. This is where it's like, I want to look at, so Mary Holland. Oh, Sorry, she everybody. was probably like one of the neighbors or something like that, yeah. And it's like, anytime look, she I- she was also in Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. I just want you to know that. Right. <laughs> I'm looking at an image and it looks like she's, yeah, she's one of the neighbors at the pool. Like I'm- Yeah. Here's, here's an article from the LA Times. She's the one all the way on the right with the thing on her head. Yeah, is she the one they make get a divorce? I can't remember. Anyway, I can't remember. No, no, she's not the oh, one. Oh no, the main character. That's one of the main characters. Yeah, um, but anyway, she's in Greener Grass, so I've connected it to Greener Grass for you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this really. Like, it, it feels like you know, it's like a Hallmark type. I mean, I don't watch Hallmark films, so I don't know if it really is a Hallmark film. But it, it I think it, it, it you know, I know more about. We're gonna go into this wanting to just feel happy and it's going to make them happy and that's that's just fine it's going to make them happy with a few pointy moments so i kind of appreciate that there are those pointy moments yeah. even though if it doesn't work on the whole for me like i like that they're that's there like dan yeah. levy's speech where he's like i'm glad that your coming out story was happy mine wasn't yeah like it's you know everybody has their story like there's stuff like that where it's like if this reaches a right wider audience that's good I think yeah, and I, I mean, appreciate that they showed that you know people can kind of not treat each other great but still love each other. Yeah, it's just it needed a it needed a little more nuance to really work for me. But right. as, you, as a message, that's great. Like right, you you brought this up when we were talking about it after the movie, and I'll you haven't yet. So there, you talk about false equivalencies, right? And this movie has like false equivalencies in it. This and Love Simon both have false equivalencies in it. I won't. I don't want to spoil Love a lot Simon's. of rom-coms do it. I think they're trying to imitate Pride and Prejudice, which was a time of great inequality. So I don't even know what they're thinking. 
but yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I ruined your life. I'm really sorry. You know, I, I didn't tell the truth. And it's like, those things were like wildly unequal. It's like, you both learned an important lesson. And it's like, not really though. <laughs> it's, it's why Like there are rom-coms where you don't have false equivalencies and the characters both still learn things and apologize for something, but it, one is definitely worse than the other. And it works. So I don't think movies don't yeah. have to do what happiest season does with the false equivalencies. We can just, we can, yeah, we can, it, the rom-com form is a little, is dated. We need someone to bring some fresh life into well, it Well, and that's where, like I've said too, was like, I like that sometimes in these, these LGBT romances, one character doesn't grow. One right. character is really just kind of supportive and loving. Yeah. And I'm fine with seeing that in straight romances more. And it does, I think it does kind of happen in straight romances too. Um, but that's almost what this movie needed, but it, it, it Kirsten Stewart's character was being treated too poorly to I think like it's Kristen Stewart. Kristen, sorry. Sorry, okay. Kristen, Kirsten, Kristen. Sorry, Mrs. Miss Stewart. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Stewart. Um yeah. like that's almost what her character but it, it just usually yeah. that's not the main character anyway. Anyway, yeah. it, I watched it's... a lot of these movies and I have thoughts. You you do. I, I you know, ultimately happiest season. It's fun, it's light, it's fluffy, it's maybe a little messy and and not like it's not messy and and it's more just like messy in story than anything else, as opposed to like a lot of ways yeah. it could be messy. So yeah, you know. Yeah. It's it's hard to be too hard on a and I was kinda hard on it, but it's hard to be too hard on a movie with such good intentions. Totally. All right, so shall we do a quick wrap up? I think so. Yeah, we don't. Uh, you didn't watch a movie for me this week because that's okay. These things happen. It was happened. that kind of a week. It was that kind of a week. Um, but you know I only... what I did? You know what, what I did? did you Here, I tell finished me. three series that I was watching. <laughs> three different. Um, they were. Oh, well, one was Thai. Three different dramas that I was watching. So that right. was my accomplishment. Um, two of them were long. Two, one was 50 episodes and one was 52 so i'm just saying excellent um is that your wrap up i don't i have a show no, i can up. go more into it but you seem like you wanted to talk about i don't I, my wrap up is just so short i i watched two short films michigan avenue and i-94 which were both betty gordon i think is her name she's oh. the one who did variety i, I watched think it them would be bet but i could be at, wrong uh, Anyways, uh, she did the, they left at the end of the month and I watched them, I think, right after we did the last podcast. I don't mm -hmm. know. And they were interesting, you know, small experimental films. I watched um, The Heiress, which was, I quite enjoyed. I don't think you really enjoyed it as much as I did. The yeah. acting, I thought the acting was really good. This is like a dramatic, this is like the, like Marvel movies, again, they have one or two ideas, you know, whatever. They're not necessarily that deep, depends on the movie. Some are more better than worse, but it's ultimately relatively simple in terms of structure and, and themes and all that. And The Heiress is really the same thing, except that it's a drama and it's from 1949. And I thought it did that theme really well. I thought it did the idea pretty well. The acting is interesting. I thought Olivia de Havilland was great. I thought Montgomery Clift, it was pretty good, even though he's kind of like somebody from 1949 doing something pretty from 1850s or whatever. But I liked The Heiress, I ultimately, and it was really pretty to watch. So, shrug, I thought it was good. Um, and then I also watched The New Mulan. 
<laughs> I would give my my left arm to a Disney remake that I didn't think was bland and uninteresting. I would like remove a piece of my body to make it so that I could enjoy one of these movies. So you keep watching them anyway. It's like you like getting, it's, you're not even getting punched in the face. You're just getting like a light little pop. <laughs> I want like, every, these are the you movies just that every- two hours, pop. I don't believe in wasting two hours, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it, while people are still watching these movies, and I'll, even though Mulan didn't actually do that well, as far as people can tell, it's hard because it was mostly streaming. It, it's it. Everybody watches these movies, so I'm curious to see what everybody was watching. Sometimes I watch movies from my childhood that I didn't see because at the time I wasn't seeing what everybody was watching, and now I'm curious. And just the characters weren't very well formed. This isn't a musical, so you don't have the fun musical bits, which is fine. They reuse some of the music. In fact, they reuse one of the, the songs in the end of the movie, but they don't quite build it up the right way. So it's like, it's the mirror song where it's like, wah, I don't know wah. my reflection. And it's like, what? there's only like one shot in the movie that really like clues us into that. It's kind of built a different way. It's actually directed by the woman who did Whale Rider, hmm. um, which I enjoyed and I think you enjoyed, but you have big problems no, I, with it. I hate whale wider, but it's whale, fine. Right? It's it's fine. I hate it on a personal level, not like a movie level. Like right, and it's it's a it's a story I I particularly dislike seeing. She's done other movies, so I'm like curious. Like it's that thing where it's like this might as well not be directed by a person. Like these movies feel like they're directed by a committee, and yeah. so at the end of it, I was just so annoyed well, by the end of. Yeah. yeah, there's like that's what characters. I was saying with Happiest Season, where it's like I I feel like the writing's not good, but I don't want to criticize the writer because you never know who, yeah. who has say in it. Like, yeah, it's hard like to pick Disney out the writer. Yeah. yeah, it's hard in those movies to pick out the writer, the director, or the cinematographer, maybe. But in this movie, it's like this is made by a committee, and it's like really hard to get behind it because like there's these weird edits. There's a slow mo here. Why are we doing this? Here's a character moment. The, the most interesting character was the villain played by Gong Li, and I didn't really care about the rest of them that much. Mulan barely gets a character. I, I it's it too, it's all too like well lit. I'm ah. gonna skip Mulan, which I wasn't gonna watch anyway, because yeah. I don't like being slapped by Disney films. So there was all these weird controversies around it too, which make me I wasn't gonna pay the thirty bucks for it at a certain point, and like I didn't have to because eventually it just came to the streaming service, which my girlfriend pays for. And so I just kind of shrug at the whole thing and the whole experience. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Anyways, that's what I watched. I also watched more of The Amazing Race because uh, it's my vicarious traveling thing and it's also a game and it's pretty yeah. fun to watch The Amazing Race and maybe sometime I'll have thoughts about it that I'll eloquate, but I'm still only on season seven of seasons 30. There's 30 seasons, I don't know. It's pretty good, I enjoy it. Um, so yeah, um, I thought the heiress was boring. Um, I agree that the acting was good. I found Montgomery Cliff distracting, but I don't know if that's my issue or him. I just, they were, they were kind of long conversations and I was just like, but we know where this is going. So why am I watching a 10 minute conversation? I don't know. But it, it's certainly an, uh, worth seeing if, you know, Olivia de Havilland and all that kind of stuff. Um, I didn't think the entire thing was boring. I just found parts of it quite boring. Mm. Yes, I finished three dramas. One of them was, I talked about a little bit last week, was Seo Young, My Daughter, um, which is interesting because it so much revolves around these two siblings and she's the main character. And her character was really interesting. Almost made me think, like, I don't know Taming of the Shrew very well, but um, my memory of that is like, 
just very focused on this woman and her emotional issues. And that's, it's always interesting when we do that because we don't do that that often as, right. as, a, as a world. Um, but the other interesting, there were just some subversions. No, no one accidentally got pregnant. Um, you know, no one moved in with anyone. Kind, I mean, someone did, but it wasn't the same way it usually works in these things. Okay. Um, and, and there's always this focus on first love, but this one character like, dumps the first love for, for a reason, for a good reason, and just marries this woman because she really likes him. And I kind of like seeing that relationship develop. Okay. Um, at the very end, it was still very much a marry and procreate series, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. You know, it's, it's fine. You, you know, we talked about um, like, giving passes to things earlier. And I always, I wonder, like, I don't know enough of these. I got to figure it out. Oh, no, I give these things, but it's like, um, you know, these, these are just stories. They're all just stories and, and art, you can't objectively evaluate art. So, right. you know, sometimes I just appreciate certain things. Anyway, I, I, feel like, I feel like you didn't always used to feel that way about art, about objectively judging art. And I feel like I helped turn you or something. You I, did, you did. I brought you to the dark side. But, it, but conversely, yeah. that means that you get to decide. I mean, as societally, we decide what's good and bad. And totally. we decide that, that good camera work is more important than depicting women. I mean, totally. It's this, there's bad things. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, I finished Father is Strange, which I also quite enjoyed. It's interesting. Sometimes they devolve into just being cute at the end. Um, uh, that one and some of the product placement in that one actually Seo Young my daughter is the one that had Holly's coffee as the um, um, product placement but everyone was having the most upsetting conversations of their entire lives at the so you'd see these characters just looking like miserable and unhappy and like the Holly's coffee logo right next to them it's like find out your wife's secret past at Holly's coffee. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like, I don't know. It's another one of those like price sheets. Like, did they get a discount because every conversation that took place at their coffee place was, was upsetting and miserable. <laughs> like enjoy an Americano while you get dumped. Um, <laughs> so yeah, father is strange was just really cute and fun. That's the one. Uh, um, Oh, that one had, so in that one, an actor moves in with a family because he thinks that the dad is his dad, but there's a lot more going on. Don't worry about it. But there was a little bit of behind the scenes stuff because the actor is acting in a drama. So you're seeing a drama being filmed in a drama. And I felt like I was really getting some insight when they were showing like, can we just get this done in one take? Come on, one take, let's do it. And I'm like, okay. So that explains some of what I'm seeing is they just want to get the one take and keep going. Excellent. So that was fine. Um, and that's kind of what I watched, but I have an announcement that I haven't even made to you yet, which oh. is, I think I'm ready to start writing about K-dramas on our Instagram account. Oh, good. I'm so, looking forward to this. I don't know when, like part of me almost wants to start in January because of like the neatness of like, oh, 2021. But I also kind of feel like I want to start writing. So we'll see. I'm going to write about the ones I like and why. I just started watching this one and like talking about giving things a pass. It's a kimchi restaurant where a gangster like goes to for reasons. There are reasons. Don't worry about it. Excellent. But, like five, 10 minutes of every show is like how this kimchi restaurant changed my life. And, you know, a character will just sit and talk about 
how the kimchi restaurant changed their life it's every episode and you know what fine it's a story it's very sweet it's very cute <laughs> i like it all I right think that our gangster character is is doing a toshira mifune impersonation sometimes and and i like seeing you don't you don't see gangsters as heroes in these shows very often and right i'm just enjoying it and so yeah <laughs> like it's like you know, you don't watch cooking shows and complain that they keep showing people cooking things, right? Like, right. you know, you're watching the show about a kimchi restaurant. They're explaining how kimchi changed people's lives. This is why we're here. <laughs> like, if you don't <laughs> like that, leave. <laughs> All right. I'm really enjoying it, though. So anyway. I'm glad you're enjoying it so much. I look forward to your write-ups on K-dramas. I, I think, I don't know if I said this on the podcast yet, but I'm like, I would never want to devote the time to this. I don't have the time because I luckily I'm still employed, but also I don't, even if I wasn't, I don't think I'd want to devote the time to this. So I'm kind of glad that I'm learning all of this through you because I kind of trust and I, I find your opinions good and interesting and I know kind of where your biases lie. So it's like, it's interesting and I enjoy it. And I'm, I'll watch some of these eventually, you know, you have ones for me to watch, but. Yeah, I do really want you. And sometimes like I describe it as like, I have these, I have like two sets of boxes. I talked about my buckets earlier. These are my boxes. Excellent. These are the things that like I love and these yeah. are the things I hate. Right. And then there's a whole bunch of things that could be wrong with it, right? Right. If it checks off a ton of things I love and very few things that I hate, I don't care how much in that middle section it checks. Right. You know, if it yeah. checks off like a bunch of things I love and a bunch of things I hate, then I'm in trouble. Like, right. There you go. But it's, it is funny how like I just get like, I just certain things just make me really happy and I really enjoy seeing them. And I don't care that I'm getting lessons about life buy a kimchi or that there's a little bit of nationalism involved in here it's not my nationalism so you know what i'm not gonna worry about it and the, you know in yeah. father is strange he talks about how it's he's never able to get close to his stepfather because they're a different race and i'm like oh that's problematic oh but it's dear not, it's not my problematic his his stepfather being a white man um uh. So, you know, it's just like, it's just sometimes, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. It's, it's not like I'm unaware. And it's also like, you don't get this stuff other places. Like, no, you don't. Th this is where you find these kind of stories. Like, where else well, are you going to find out how life can be changed with really good kimchi? I don't know. I don't know. I almost want to make kimchi now. Uh, I want to make kimchi. I've been, I should send you pictures. I want to plat, uh, I want to set up on my patio so that i can sit out there and eat um like they do on these low it is a low wooden thing that you then put it to anyway excellent um and but i'm also i don't know if i already said this i'm mostly going to talk about ones i liked or that had things i liked strongly in it um i don't feel like talking about ones i don't like so i'll do it yeah like i, I didn't I, I look forward this to one because it. it was mediocre mediocre i mean who cares there you go <laughs> uh do we we don't know what we're watching yet do we for for next week have we talked about it no i mean i want to watch palm springs um, right palm springs two of last week so i don't know yeah maybe i'll pick two for this week i want to watch ammonite which is apparently like this year's um portrait of a lady on fire which is i mean not really but it's just i think it's a period piece it's two women you know mm -hmm. lovers of some kind yeah. um, i'm not sure i think it's available for like 20 bucks i want to watch the vast of night that's what we're doing this week or the vast okay, we yeah can I, 
I forget what the, I think it's the vast of night. I want to watch that. Cause I keep getting advertisements for it. And I hear that it's not the greatest thing and that's fine. I've already seen some reviews. I have to for wait, it. see if that other person who lives here wants to see it too. Yes, you should. Does. So that might well, be a weekend weekend for us. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out what we're doing, but those are some potentials for anybody listening. Um, I also want to, I, we haven't watched a Godzilla movie in a few weeks, so I'll probably watch one of those. And then there's also, um, Sinbad and some other stuff on Criterion I want to watch. I got so many things I want to watch. I can't even list them all out. I'm going to keep watching my kimchi family restaurant because it makes me so happy. And I'm actually, I've, I've made a K-drama friend and she wants me to reply, reply, to reply, to watch reply 1988. Um, and I need to watch Honeyland for you. You do. So I'm going to work on these things. Yes. Excellent. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and joining us. I'm starving, so it's lunchtime. Have a good day. Bye. Good evening or whatever. Bye. Bye.